like the topic, how not to lose God. How not to lose God and your relationship with him. Such a blessing. Put your right hand on your chest. Say, God, speak to me. Say, Lord, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. In Jesus' name. How not to lose God and your relationship with him. How not to lose God and your relationship with him. Someone will ask, can you lose God? Yes, you can lose God. Can God lose you? No, he cannot lose you. But can you lose him? Yes, you can lose him. So how not to lose God and your relationship with him? One of the challenges of God in dealing with men is in the area of communication. You know, every relationship is strengthened by the art of communication. The more you talk to someone and the more they have understanding in the conversation you are having, the more you build intimacy with that person. So communication is a key factor in strengthening relationships. The breakdown of relationships is highly connected to the breakdown of communication. When two people stop talking over time, the relationship they share will fail to exist. Am I communicating at all? So God's ultimate engagement with us is through the art of communication. The book of Amos, the Bible says that God does not do anything except he reveals it to his servant, the prophet. It means that God's strategy of engagement is communication. Write it down. God's strategy of engagement is communication. God will not do anything except he reveals, he communicates through revelation to his servant, the prophet. The other day, God decided to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. By his sovereignty, he has the power to destroy whatever he wants to destroy. But the Bible said, God said, can I do this thing without telling my friend Abraham? So the Bible said, God revealed himself to Abraham. And he began to inform Abraham through the medium of communication about his intentions for Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham, having mastered the art of communicating with God, having mastered the art of hearing God, sensing God, perceiving God, began to respond to God. As they had that mutual conversation, they both came to a conclusion and God executed his agenda. Where there's a breakdown of communication, there's a breakdown of relationship. You will notice that the one that you don't talk too much, you can't engage much. But this has been a challenge with God. John chapter 4, the Bible says that God is a spirit. 
So the language of God is spirit. So when God is engaging man, he communicates spirit. Unfortunately, many men have not developed themselves to the point where they can be able to perceive the voice of God. God is always speaking. Even the silence of God is a message. But how many of us are always hearing God? Some people hear God once a week when they come to church. Because God is unable to reach them by his word. He has to resort to his servant as a medium of communicating to his own children. Some people only hear the voice of God when they come into the assembly of the saints. So communicating with men has been a challenge with God. Many things have delayed because men cannot hear God. The Bible said as many as are led by the spirit of God. These are the sons of God. You see, so sonship is defined by communication. How does the spirit lead us? The spirit leads us by speaking to us. So the people that are able to hear the voice of the spirit, they can be moved by the spirit. Are you here with me? So, if we master the voice of God, the ability to hear his communication, we will be able to walk with him. But if we don't do so, we will lose him. Many people have lost God because they are not aware that there are certain things that if you don't put in place and do, you will lose God. Say, I will not lose God. Have you ever heard people who say that, oh, when I was in secondary school, I used to be on fire. Or two years ago, I used to pray a lot. Have you heard people who say that, in a particular year, I read the whole Bible, and yet now, they are struggling to find the pages of the scripture. They lost what they found some time ago. So when you lose God or your relationship with him, there are signs that become evident in your life. So God is doing his best to communicate to us. But many people have not mastered the art of hearing the voice of God. God appeared to Moses in a burning bush and began to speak to him. God spoke to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah began to argue with God because these people had not mastered the voice of God. God was trying to raise a prophet in Israel. His name was Samuel. So he began to speak to him. Is God speaking to you? And are you hearing him? There's one thing about God. He's always speaking. God is always speaking. Only a few are always hearing his voice. Or Samuel. He didn't call Samuel through Eli. He called Samuel through Samuel. Samuel had not mastered the art of hearing God. So you see, God knew Samuel, but Samuel did not know God. Bible says he was by the ark of the covenant of God. He was ministering to God, yet he did not know him. Not knowing God or losing God is not being able to hear his voice. So he heard Samuel, Samuel. And he heard a sound like the sound of a man's voice. 
it means that someone could not differentiate between the voice of God and the voice of man. That voice you are hearing, who is speaking to you. Without an interpreter, can you hear God for yourself? That was the situation of Samuel. He could hear. But now the big problem is that whose voice is this? And I've seen Christians who say, oh, something told me. (laughs) You are manifesting signs of an immature Christian. Things can speak to you. At this stage in your Christian life, things are speaking to you. Wow. And confidently. Some people can take a mic and they are testifying. So, you know, I was going to take the trotro and something told me, don't get into it. Something. You say a spirit impo. Then we now come to the place of what spirit spoke to you. But if things are speaking to you, you are trying to say that stones, inanimate objects, when we say a thing, it's something that does not have life. So if you are at the level where things are speaking to you, then that is serious. Because if a demon spirit is speaking to you, that spirit, that's life. Something does not speak to us. That means that you hear, but you can't differentiate. Is the same as someone who doesn't hear. That has been the challenge. Imagine, why should God call someone three times? Why? So, in the realm of men, that's how much time we are wasting. Bible says every time God calls someone, he got up and went to Eli. So, what God wanted to do in a minute, he has to wait for man to be able to discern and download his voice comprehend it before him also. You see, this is where God is having a challenge with men. Samuel, Samuel. Then he will run to Eli. <laughs> Did you call me? Samuel, I didn't call you. Are you hearing voices? How can God's voice be like Eli's voice? When John saw Jesus Christ in the book of Revelations, He said his voice is like the sound of many waters. Clarity. On the day of the Lord, I was in the spirit. If God's voice starts sounding like the voice of a man, you are far away. That means that God spoke. But by the time the voice hits the man, the man's receptivity is so low. Do you see how when the network is bad, the zoom sound, the way it behaves? I don't have that kind of voice, but you see that the sound is behaving funny. That's not my voice. But the problem is the device. The device is not able to host directly what is coming. What is coming is too heavy than the device. So you have heard something. Maybe I say go, but the zoom, the network is bad, so you hear stand up. It happens like that. You, you can hear stand up. Or if you are talking to someone on the phone and the reception is bad, he can say something and you hear something else. God has been struggling to communicate with man. When Jesus Christ appeared to Saul, Saul was asking questions. Who are you? Saul was asking questions. When God is speaking, you are saying, who are you? 
from today, never say something spoke to me. Everything in this life has a name. You see, it is the highest expression of ignorance. You expose yourself too much. Things don't speak. Spirit speak. So if you truly heard, it's two entities. It's God or Satan speaking to you. Or let me add the third one. There's a voice of your flesh. The voice of your flesh. So God is looking for a way to speak to man. When God wanted to speak to Moses, his receptivity was so low that God needed to create a burning bush. God needed to engage his eyes before he could engage his ears. Because he has been speaking and speaking. Moses is not hearing. Now he created a spectacular thing. Moses saw the bush burning and went close. When he went close, he began to hear. So for some people, they hear the voice of God. When we come together, there's a program. There's something spectacular. Some people hear the voice of God once a year. There's a fire together. But the voice of God is not supposed to be strange to us. Can you imagine God is raising his best prophet in the land? And the prophet is not hearing. Oh my God. A prophet who cannot hear. How can he prophesy? How many prophets here who cannot hear? The ordination of your destiny is that you are a prophet. But the problem is you cannot hear. So a prophet without a word. But heaven knows you are a prophet. Samuel, Samuel. Then he will leave. Bible says he slept by the ark of the covenant. The voice came where he was sleeping. But he has to go to another man to descend the voice of God. By the third time, Eli said, Go. You see, he didn't hear the voice. Of, but this is someone who, who knows the voice of God. Because you don't hear the voice of God in your physical ears. You sense it in your spirit. It's called spiritual receptivity. Are you following me at all? You can have a dream by narration. I can know that is the voice. A dream can be the voice of God. An incident can be the voice of God. God can speak to you with an incident. So we don't hear God like the way we hear men. A message on your phone. You see, if you are discerning, you can. God has just spoken to me. So the prophet said, go and lie down again. How did Eli know this thing? How? Because he had mastered hearing. He said, when the voice comes again. It means that Eli understands that. When God starts speaking, he does not stop. That means that if you didn't hear in 1984, he's speaking today. He says, when the voice comes again, say this, speak, thy servant hear it. I've heard some people, so when I'm, I heard someone mention my name, I turned, there was nobody. I told my mother, my mother said, oh, there are ghosts around, so be careful. And you believed. 
Are people who believe in the voice of ghosts than the voice of God? They believe in ghosts. If some people are, they are walking around and they hear, so they, they will think it's a ghost. Much more. They think ghost first before they think God. People, they think ghost first. They think demon first. They think witches first. The last option is God. Speak to me, thy servant here. God will not give you the full detail of why he's calling you unless you have been able to understand how to receive the message. Who are you? You never know unless God tells you. You didn't come here by your own accord. You are not here by your own strength. Hearing God is very critical. Hearing the voice of God every minute is so crucial. Speak thy servant hearing. It's so crucial to your life. You can sleep by the ark of the covenant of God. You can sleep in church. You can be a pastor. You can be a PUT. It doesn't matter. Until you hear the voice of God, you cannot make significant progress in your life. Speak thyself and hear it. And he began to communicate with him. The Bible said the boy Samuel grew. So we grow in receptivity to the voice of God. From that time, Samuel began to hear God's voice. How is it that you have a father and you cannot hear his voice? Oh, that's the greatest tragedy that would happen to any child of God. You hear the voice of your dogs in your house, the voice of your cats in your house, the voice of the wind in your house, voice of thunder and lightning. Have you heard the voice of God before? Oh, something like that. And <laughs> you are not concerned. You can be in the room, you hear the chirping sound of a bed. You say, oh, that, that, is, uh, that is a dove. <laughs> what I'm teaching is very serious. How did I end up here? I went to university. My lecturers could not tell me this. These are professors of... Very intelligent guys. I sat with them for four years. And the most important aspect of my life, they, they collected school fees from me. Threatened that if I don't pay, they will not let me write exam. That means that they put themselves in a position where it's like they, they, my, my destiny is in their hand. That's how lecturers behave. They always behave like that. You fail this course. You fail this course. And people are shaking. I will not let you graduate. If they had the key to heaven, we are doomed. <laughs> Hallelujah. But then, my economics lecturer could not tell me. Anatomy lecturer could not tell me. Imagine if I could not hear God for myself. Oh my God. Oh my God. What would I become? No, think about it. Because as for the school, I heard the voice of my lecturers, all of them, one by one. And still, I could not amount to much. I'm telling you, I've even forgotten what they said, though. 
In fact, for most of you who have been to school, you have forgotten most. If I call someone right now and say, define photosynthesis, it will will be a problem. Particularly when you marry, then every knowledge begins to dissipate. I'm telling you. Those who are married, they forgot everything. Osmosis, surface tension, diffusion. Now they are thinking about light bill, water bill. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus. One married man said, so that now that if you are going to the market, increase the price. Increase the price for what? He said, the things have gone up. You don't know how to manage Oh, I'm telling you, give me the money, I'll go myself. If you are if you are behaving like this, how can you remember osmosis? You can't remember osmosis. <laughs> so the voice of men did not benefit us in any way. I'm telling you. If a man can complete university and stay unemployed, when over a hundred voices spoke to him in that environment, that's the futility of mastering the voice of men at the expense of the voice of God. One voice of God can escalate. It can take you to another level. So we press into his presence. We try to understand the technology of hearing God. The other thing is that if you outsource the voice of God to another man, it means that you can only know the purposes and will of God for your life when the man is available. Osama went to Eli. But what God wanted to do at the instance that Samuel heard the voice was suspended. We don't look at it that way. Samuel did great things for God, but you see, there was a delay in track. You must hear the voice of God for yourself. As a leader, in evangelism, the voice of God must tell you, leave this one. Go to this one. Praise the Lord Jesus. So we are going to solve this problem. Don't just be excited about knowing God, being in a church, without having the ability to hear your father. And don't hear God weakly. Hear God pay every time he speaks to you. Praise the Lord Jesus. Now, Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun. Shining ever brighter. Till the full light of day. Keep this scripture there. There's a way. When the Bible says path, he's talking about way. Your life is supposed to go in a certain way. The righteous of God, the born again believer, the Christian, your life must go in a certain way. It must be like the morning sun. Every Christian's life, you must see it like the morning sun. And the description of the morning sun is that it shines. It means your life is supposed to shine. But the progression of the shine must be upwards. It says you shine ever brighter. So the Christian must not have a better yesterday than tomorrow. 
the Christian life, the worst you had, is the last one you had. He says that you shine ever brighter. So every day is glory to glory. Every day is favor to favor. Every day is power to power. You shine like the morning sun. You know, the morning sun comes up. The shine is not too much. It comes up like a warm glow. When you start the Christian experience, that's how your life is. Your prayer life is just a warm glow. It's not shining that much. Your word study is like, you you can't really go past two verses. But there's a shine. When you fast from 9 to about 11, you feel like you're going to die. There's a shine. There's a little fasting, but you know, it is shining. It's a glow. But the Bible says that as it goes, brighter and brighter. Brighter and brighter. Brighter and brighter. Brighter and brighter. So the trajectory of your life is determined. There's no, oh, last year was, uh, okay, last year was better than this year. No, no, no. Christian life is not like that. Everything ahead of you is better than what is before. Greater blessings ahead of you than what you have lost. Ever brighter till the full light of day. So your highest intensity is in the course of time. This is our trajectory. So in our walk with God, in our relationship with God, the intimacy must be built upwards. When you discover God, you must increase in him to the full light of day. There's a problem when you say, okay, last year I used to pray a lot. I used to fellowship a lot. But this year it has gone down. That's not consistent with the righteous life. If you pray two hours last year, the standard of the righteous life, next year you should be able to pray three or four hours. Brighter and brighter. We don't go down, we go up. Our life is upward. Our blessings are upward. Our favor is upward. The glory is upward. It shines brighter and ever brighter. Till the full light of day. That's how our life should be. As you go forward, you don't have bad experiences. You have glorious experiences. But why is it that some people start well? They discover God. They enjoy the relationship with God. And then they end up losing God. There are people who start off, they become pastors. And then they end, towards the end of their life, they say they don't believe in God. They found God and they lost God. I've seen too many Christians who found God and lost God. Because they were not taught how not to lose God. Solomon found God. Bible says Solomon, God appeared to Solomon. That's how rich the relationship was. He wasn't praying. He was sleeping. And God came to him. He said, ask me anything you want, I'll give to you. But the end of Solomon, he lost God. Bible says he was building temples for heating 
God's. How can you not lose God? That's what I want to teach you today. Matthew chapter 13 verse 44. Four things you must do in order not to lose God or your relationship with him. Matthew 13 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. In this lies how not to lose God. Now, let me tell you something. Jesus, when he came on earth, he came with an assignment to reveal God to humanity. You see, we were created by God, but because God is a spirit, we could not relate with him. Jesus' first assignment was to come and reveal God to us accurately. He came to tell us who God was. He came to tell us the kingdom of God, how God operates. But one of the ways by which he communicated this divine truth is a way that we call parable. Say parable. Say parable. Say parable. Now, the work that God gave Jesus was a very great work. Very difficult work. How can you explain a spirit? How can you explain a spirit to a man? Remember, these people did not have the Holy Ghost. Making it more difficult for them to understand the things that Jesus is saying. Jesus actually said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit. He wasn't saying that the words everybody speak is spirit. He said, the words I speak, they are spirit. So, the things that Jesus was saying, he was saying it from his reality in heaven. Have you had a Frenchman trying to speak English before? You see how he sounds? It's difficult. It's difficult to comprehend him. You need to pay attention. You will not hear many things. Monsieur, when he's trying to speak English. <laughs> you see, that's the situation that Jesus found himself. The language of heaven is spirit. And he was sent to communicate in the language of men. That means that he has to adapt to the language of men. And use it as a way to communicate divine realities to the heart of men. No, that's not an easy way. If right now I tell you that talk to a French person, most of you will start scratching your head. So Jesus needed to reveal God to man. Number two, these people were not born again. There's something that happens to you when you become born again. That is your spirit becomes renewed. And that spirit knows God. The Bible says that who knows the things of God save the spirit of God. And who knows the things of a man save the spirit that lives in that man. Now the spirit is not in man so he cannot know God. And now we are talking about God. His kingdom. How do you explain the things which are in the spirit? Are you following what I'm saying at all? To a man who does not have receptivity. When he dreams, he doesn't even dream to see heaven. Nobody had that ability. So the task was difficult. So Jesus came up with a strategy. 
It's a mode of communication called parables. Now, parable is telling a story to illustrate a divine truth. You see, you are, you are using storytelling to communicate God's reality. In other words, a parable is using earthly experiences to explain a heavenly message or to communicate a heavenly message. Are you following at all? So, Jesus knew that when he starts speaking the kingdom of God from that spiritual perspective, no man would understand. Men are so limited. So limited. Their reality is what they interface with on the earth realm. Man knows tree. Man knows moon. Man knows sun. But man doesn't know angels. Man doesn't know the reality of God in the heavens. So Jesus is saying, how can I communicate the things of God to a man who doesn't know God one and doesn't know his things? Let me use the most closest things that is real to him to try and explain the things. It's a difficult work. So when you read the Bible, particularly the Gospels, you see the parable starts by saying the kingdom of God is light. A man who went to the field. The kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like. That is a mood of teaching. He needs to bring the kingdom of God down. To the understanding of man. So that man can begin to hear the reality of God. And the parables were the easiest way by which Jesus could communicate. Do you know that sometimes when you are so advanced in knowledge, it's difficult to teach basic things. And sometimes you lose the patience. Have you been there before? Like if you are using a very complex mobile phone and then they bring this ITEL or something, it can become frustrating. So Jesus was really suffering. He doesn't have to say it's like. He knows what it is. But now he needs to be finding things in your environment to explain what he already knows. Again, if you are very advanced and you are asked to teach illiterate, like how to speak English, and they say, what is a now? How do you tell someone what is a now? How do you explain it in Chi? You see, it's difficult. So when you are doing that, you have to find things that are conversant Am I communicating at all? Yeah. You have to find things that are constant in their environment. Okay, you've gone to America. You've bought beggar, fries. You've come to, let's say, where? Yes, you've gone to Yaudiodu. How do you explain beggar to someone in Yaudiodu? What, what do you say? Where do you start from? <laughs> Meanwhile, in America, if you say beggar, you are going. You have just said beggar, you are going. But you see that you find yourself talking too much because you are trying to bring heavenly perspective to an earthly person. So whenever you hear parable, think about the struggles of Jesus. 
kingdom of God is not like a man who went to a field. No, no, no. The kingdom of God is what he has said. The angels understand. They live there. It's their reality. So he had to explain the kingdom of God with over 39 parables. One kingdom. Because by the time you are telling someone from your do you do that, you see, first you say, and then you see that your communication is still not accurate. So one parable does not do justice to the messaging of the kingdom of God. So you need to find another parable. You need to say the kingdom of God. But the time you say ingura, you begin to think that the person is thinking is contumely lips or something. So you are trying so hard to bring perspective because the assignment is a difficult one. So there are most of the parables, you realize that when Jesus finished speaking the parable, he didn't explain, he went. I'm telling you, there were a few he explained because it's too difficult. There are some of them, he asked the disciples, do you understand? (laughs) You see, the context of where the message is coming from, you cannot really say no because, you know, you just have to. So Jesus struggled. He knew, he knew, he knew. He knew that they were not understanding these things. He, he knew. That's why he had the audacity to tell Peter that you will betray me. He said, I have told you many things. Jesus said, I have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear it. You cannot. That's what Jesus said concerning the kingdom. So I have many things to tell you. Paul said there was a man. He said, I knew a man. Whether present or somewhere, I don't know. He was talking about himself. He had an out-of-body experience. He was captured into the third heavens. And he said he saw things that he was not given permission to utter. How is he going to describe it? What do you say? Sometimes you are tired. You look at the person. You want to say something. But you, you say, later. Or they are back as a later, right? Praise the Lord Jesus. Are you following what I'm saying? It's difficult. How do you explain titration to someone? Let's say one of the communities in Sola. What's their name? Nakpala. You go there. So today we are coming to do titration. So if they send you that, go and explain titration. To someone in Nangpala, they have given you a great assignment. So most of the parables were coded messages. But that's the only way that Jesus could communicate the realities of God to humanity. To be able to understand what Jesus was saying, now you need the same spirit that informed or influenced what he was saying. You can read it, but you cannot comprehend it. Because he spoke from a certain frequency. That's why most of the time, when you master the art of prayer, one of the things that happen to you is that your spirit man becomes sensitive. Who knoweth the things of God, save the spirit in God. 
that spirit has been given to you. The more you press into God through prayer, the more your spirit becomes awakened to his truth, to God's truth. You begin to gain understanding. When you read the scripture, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal the intention of God in the word. You can read the scripture and you will be more confused. Who has been there before? Particularly book of Obadiah. Or Nahum. Nahum. You finish reading Nahum. We ask you, what did you learn? <laughs> when you finish reading Nahum, you are hungry. You don't understand. You are... But you have not retained any relevant information. Because the words are divine truths. How long will you be reading the Bible and taking interpretation from others? You need spiritual sensitivity. Then the word of God opens up to you. You read it and you begin to understand. So when you pray a lot and you study the word, the word comes alive. Sometimes reading the Bible is like you are taking a, a walk with Jesus Christ. It can become intense. One day, a beloved man of God, Kenneth Hagen of blessed memory, was reading the scripture. He had confounded himself to a certain retreat with the Bible. As he was studying the word, he said he saw Jesus appear through the walls and sat by his bed. If you read his book, How to Be Led by the Holy Spirit, you see that encounter. As he was reading, he lifted his head and he saw Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm here. Let's talk. And as he spoke, scripture came alive. There was a lady in, in, in America who was praying. Praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. Praying and studying the scripture. Book of Genesis. And Enoch walked with God. He said, as she read that scripture, she saw Enoch in her room. They began to talk. You see, there are dimensions of God that you never experience unless the Holy Spirit begins to give you a certain understanding. Otherwise, the whole thing will become like a science book to you or a mass book, Akiola, formulas. You cram the scriptures in your mind. When you are leading prayer, you fire the scriptures, you go, you know you are empty. Oh, you know you are empty. So in this parable, it's a mystery. Four lessons that will help you not to lose God. When I became a Christian, someone told me, Randy, <laughs> Katanga, Zongo Lane. I came out of the hall. Someone told me, oh, wait, one semester, Randy, one semester, Randy, on to me, ah, a penny pass, Randy, Randy, Oba campus, there are many ladies in the church, you know, no, I said, I know, say, Randy. Today, I'm an apostle. <laughs> One of them called me recently. When we finished school, he went, he went to jail. He has come back from his home. 
He was a chief priest of Katanga. Chief priest. I, I spoke to him. I said, oh, you, you guys don't know. You don't know what's up. Yeah, you don't know what's up. Me, I don't know what's up. <laughs> I used to be the WhatsApp, and I've left the WhatsApp to come and tell you that, Master. Focus. You are now coming to find your WhatsApp in university. Praise the Lord Jesus. Four ways. How you will not lose God. Let's look at the parable again. Let's look at the parable. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Is it easy to understand? No, it's, it's very complex. Don't, you see some Christians, they like pretending, oh, it's like, oh, we have understood. Meanwhile, you know you have not understood what we are saying. If I call you right now, come and explain. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Oh, please, this, this is a difficult one. How can you say, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field? How can you bury the kingdom of God? It's like, ah, so the, this big God and his kingdom, you can put them inside a field. It's very confusing. Jesus met Nicodemus. Look at what he said. Unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Nicodemus was an astute teacher of the law. A rabbi, for that matter. He said, how can a man who is old enter again into his mother's womb and be born? You think that Jesus is trying to impress him? No. Then, in explaining the whole thing, Jesus is breaking it down. Say, breaking it down. In breaking it down, he says, unless a man is born of the spirit and of water, he cannot enter the kingdom. Oh, Jesus, this thing has confused. You have confused the guy. What is see the kingdom? What is enter the kingdom? That's the best explanation. He did, he did, he, he couldn't explain further. And the man left him. So Nicodemus, did he understand what Jesus was saying? I'm telling you, the work is difficult. Jesus said, I and my father are one. The two stones they were about to, he could have found words, but he, can't, he doesn't know what to. Say, before Abraham was, I am. What language is that? Before Abraham was, I am. And yet many were confused. Praise the Lord Jesus. That's what the Bible said, the letter killer. The word of God is a sword. The Bible says it's a double-edged sword. Do you know that the word of God, you see, one of the purposes of the word of God is to circumcise your heart. When you hear the word, it cuts your heart. That's one of the purposes. When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, the Bible said they were cut to the heart. He spoke the word. The word has the ability to cut the heart. It removes everything that stands in its way so the word can enter. A good word, it cuts the heart. That's circumcision. But, you see, in handling the word, now pay attention to what I'm about to say. Do you know that when a male child is born, he's supposed to be circumcised? You see, the knife 
that they use for circumcision. If you are not skillful in handling it, you will cause damage. I'm telling you. So if you don't have understanding, you are cutting what you are supposed to circumcise. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. This is what the gospel is about. Mysteries. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. This is one of the shortest parables in the Bible. If I call you, come and explain this. You'll be saying, M, 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 M. Then we close. But one of the shortest parables. That's why you need the Holy Spirit to give you perspective. The Holy Spirit revealed to me that this buried in this is how not to lose God and your relationship with him. Number one. So I'm teaching you how you will not lose God and your relationship with him. How your Christian experience will not be up and down, up and down. I'm on fire. I'm no more on fire. I'm in the fire. I'm outside the fire. The fire is chasing me. I've swerved the fire. (laughs) I pray today. I'm struggling tomorrow. Someone said, oh, let's, let's organize a camp so we can be charged. We can charge. When did you go low? What did you do for your battery to go low? <laughs> you found fire. <laughs> you lost fire. No. You, see, you, can, you can lose your mobile phone, but you shouldn't lose God. No, the greatest tragedy is when a man finds God and loses God. How big God is. You lost God where? This is small. When you lose this, you have to see. It's difficult. But how do you lose God? Number one. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. Hidden in a field. What Jesus is communicating is this. Pertaining the kingdom of God. You have to see God and his kingdom. Your relationship with God as a treasure. God must be perceived first as a treasure. You see, because in the earth realm, Jesus came to realize that men value treasures. Men place a great deal of value on treasures. So in helping you retain your relationship with God, is giving you perspective on how you should first see God and his kingdom. So the moment you think about God and your relationship to him, you should think about it as your treasure. Your greatest treasure is not gold. Your greatest treasure is not the money in your account. Your greatest treasure is not the black stars. Until you see God as a treasure, you will lose him. You see, we come to accept God. We we relate to God, but we never see him as treasure. Nobody loses their treasure. People buy safe and put treasure in safe. Listen, if I brought you three gold bars today, your walking will change. 
<laughs> that a man went home and left his gold bar in the kitchen and went to sleep in the bedroom. Even a madman would not do that. That I gave you diamond worth $10 million. Take it home. You say, oh, I left it in my Uber. No, no, no. Even when I give you diamond and you stay at Medina, you won't pick her, you walk. <laughs> you won't pick her. You are okay. So Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. No treasure is of value than God. What is your greatest treasure in life? It is God. Jesus was bringing perspective to us. The day you understand this, you will know that if I have God, I have everything. Yes, I have everything. Why are you sad? Why are you frustrated? Why are you leaving God for something? Because you never saw God as a treasure. And your relationship with him as a treasure. So the first way not to lose God and your relationship with him is to perceive him as your greatest treasure. You see, it's perspective. Your emotions are up and down is because you, see, you have never seen God as your treasure. When you check your mama account and you are sad, forgetting that you have not lost God, why are you sad? The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. So that's the first thing. Number two. Number two. He says, when a man found it, when a man found it, the second thing is that treasures must be pursued. There's nothing of value that is scattered everywhere. Like, since you were born, have you found gold on the floor before? Have you found 50 pesos on the floor before? So many times. If I send you right now, go and look for 50 pesos on the floor. You will bring some. But you found $100,000 on the floor. <laughs> you know, when we were young and I used to find 50, they say, I convinced myself that if I work a lot, I'll be a millionaire. But if you can find 50 pesos, you can find $10,000. So all I need to do is to keep working. I've walked over. I've, I've never seen dollar on the floor before. Praise the Lord Jesus. The kingdom of God is like what? Number two, you must seek the kingdom. You must seek God. You must pursue the relationship. If you want to find God, retain the relationship you have with him. There's effort required from your end. The Bible says that if you seek me, you will find me. It says if you draw near to me, I will draw nigh to you. What is it telling you? You cannot find God and retain God if you are casual in your approach, in dealing with God. If you are only coming to church, I mean, church, you, he's everywhere. He's not common. How many presence does not mean common? So people have a casual approach to God and they want to find God. Nobody in scripture stumbled on God. People that had deep engagement with God had deep pursuit with God. Bible said Jesus was led into the wilderness 40 days fasting and praying. 
downloaded God into his spirit. Until you seek him, you will not find him. You will not find oil on the face of the earth. You find it under the earth. If you don't want to dig, you will not find oil. You can't have this casual prayer life. You will lose your relationship with God. You pray once a week. And you want to maintain your relationship with God. It doesn't work that way. He said, when a man found it, it means the man sought for the kingdom. Pursuit. Pursuit. You press. Jacob said, if you don't bless me, I will not go. That's pursuit. Pursuit. When the man found it, it means he didn't have it before. What you don't seek, you will not find. The relationship you don't pursue, you will not retain. Meet somebody at Akrama. Tell them, oh, can I have your number? I really like you. Come home. Don't call the person. And dream that you will marry the person. It doesn't work. Do you know what leads to marriage? Do you know the things people do before they finally marry? Do you know the activities, the effort, the sleepless nights, the expenditure? Before someone has married a woman, the wedding money is small. The wedding, what they are using to do the wedding. Do you know the money they have spent before the wedding day? Oh my God. The pursuit. Many people are looking for God, but they are not putting in the effort. They are not putting in the effort. Bible says, when he found it. So you have to look for it. You press in. We come to church, alright, but after church, you need to go and pray. After Lambano, you need to pray like an hour or two more. Look, you can't find God everywhere. Bible said, they that dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Where is the secret place of the Most High? It is in journeys in prayer that you go and discover corners, 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 a certain place in God. Fastings. Pressing to God. You will find him. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. There are days that you have to declare fasting for yourself. 40 days, 100 days. Say, God, speak to me. If all your Christian life is just what we come here to do, you are going to lose God. You have to seek. Praise the Lord Jesus. You have to become extraordinary in your pursuit of God. Seek. Push. Praise the Lord Jesus. Don't be ordinary. Your prayer life last year should be different from your prayer life next year. You must seek more if you want to find more. Praise the Lord Jesus. Number three, if you don't want to lose God, if you don't want to lose God, Bible say he hid it again. He hid it again. First August 2009, I saw a vision that I had never seen before. Listen, this thing is a press. It's a press. You can just walk up and down and everything you have been told is something that people have told you. You you don't have a personal encounter because you have not found him and you have been lazy about the pursuit. 
I was on the mountain, actual mountain. I fasted on the 33rd day. That was 1st August 2009. On the 33rd day, I collapsed. Yes. You have not been hungry before. You are not hungry. Everything is okay for you. And when I came to encounter God, I said, I will know him. This man, I will know him. I will not know him by books. I will know him by revelation. I want to know him. I want to hear his voice. I was praying on the mountain. Praying, 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 praying. Oh God, oh God. Look at my body. I am weary. Oh God, I am weary. I need an encounter with you, God. I need an encounter. Let me pour water on it. And one prophet said, because on the mountain they don't know graduate, they don't know anybody. Everybody's looking for God. I woke up like that. And he said, eat, break the fast. I said, I have not found why I am fasting. You see, this thing also, it, it comes with the hunger. I can be talking to you right now, but if the hunger is not there, you can't you can drink, you can't drink. It, it can't be possible. You see it as, oh, this, what are you looking for? The one day my mother told me what? He said, I said, Then I went to lie down. As I was lying down, I said, God, would you hide from your son? Then I saw an open vision. I saw an open vision. And I discovered that to find him and retain him, you need to press. That's the second level. The third level, Bible says, he hid it again. He hid it. He hid it. How do you, hiding it means being able to keep God. You see, what is important to you, you keep it by hiding it. The word hide means not exposing it to things that will cause you to lose it. Hiding the experience of knowing God is not, it's not necessarily, you know, people may interpret it as not sharing God. You are hiding God. But the proper word is keeping keeping God. It's your responsibility to keep God. That, that's the same description that God gives to Enoch. Enoch walk with God. Keeping God. How can you keep God? How can you hide God? By refraining from the things that can cause you to lose God. The Bible says, I love not the world or the things in it. Because if the love of the world is in you, then the love of God is not in you. So in order to keep God, you must hide that experience from the world. You cannot find God and everywhere that the world is going, you are there. Very soon, you realize that the experience is not there anymore. You are losing that appetite, that love for the presence of God. The things of God are becoming frivolous to you. You're a Christian. When they are going to the club, you, 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 you want to go there. Very soon, you realize that you are not keeping God. You are exposing the experience. Are you following me at all? Bible says he hid it. Hid it. You hide the experience. You found God. 
enjoying fellowship with God. Then you found a lady, you are dating the lady. And the lady is saying, oh, if you don't sleep with me, you don't love me. You are exposing the relationship to fornication. You are not hiding that experience. The man hid it. You found God. Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing. There's a way to lose God when you retrogress from the assembly of the saints. Look at it. The more you engage the fellowship of the brethren, the more your appetite for God increases. Have you noticed that? The more you engage in meetings, fellowship, prayer meetings, the more a hunger, a hunger stirs in your heart. The more you come here, you see the way Reverend Emmanuel is praying. The more hunger to pray stirs up within you. The reason why your prayer life is dead is that you have isolated yourself from the gathering of the sin. God did not make us to isolate ourselves. He made us to draw inspiration from each other. That's why the Bible says provoke each other unto righteousness. You cannot step into the path of righteousness without being provoked. Every day, I listen to more than, more than seven to eight messages. Oh my God. And it, the more I listen to messages, the more I'm stirred up to know God. Sometimes these are messages I have, me myself, I have preached. The more, what would have happened if I was not there to encourage me? Did you hear what I said? There is me, the office, and there is me. When you come into my home, I'm not apostle. So there are times that I need the apostle to speak to me because the apostle is an unction working on my life. I respect that office. It's not always that I was an apostle. There was a time I was not an apostle. He hid it. He protected it. You protect the experience. Diana, you protect. You have found God. This beautiful experience. Someone say, oh, "Let us, let us go here. Let us go and do this." You are not hiding the experience. So you see, your Christian experience is not going up. It's staying at one level or it's going down. You see that your passion has gone down. Be honest with yourself. Your love for God has gone down. But nothing goes down until it is exposed to things that make it go down. The Bible says he hid it. So you preserve it. One of the dangers of the threat to the Christian is not taking cognizance of the things that will help you maintain. Alone, you cannot do it. Alone, you cannot. That's why it's called the body of Christ. If I isolate too much, that's when I go to wait till I come back. If I isolate too much, you will lose God. I'm telling you. He said, where two or three are gathered, he's there. And there's a corporate anointing. When we come together, there's, there's a corporate inspiration. You'll never get it alone. I'm worried of people who say, oh, like, God told me to separate myself. It's been a year. You are separating yourself. Even Jesus separated himself for only 40 days. And God brought him back to the family of the saints. Jesus was always with people. Jesus was in every meeting. Jesus was always with his disciples. And the crowds. He hid it. He kept it. You make the effort to keep it. Praise the Lord Jesus. 
you make an effort finally. And let me tell you this. In keeping this relationship, you have to fight. You will fight. Because there are many times you will not feel like. And there are attractions that will pull you in different directions. But you need to hide it. Say, I'm hiding this relationship. Do you know that sometimes you find someone that you love so much. You like to spend time with that person. But then there's somebody else that you know, you know, it's your friend, you know. That if this my friend find this person, the tendency for this person I've found to go to that my friend is very high. There are friends we have that we don't trust. But we are still working with them anyway. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus. How many of you have been there before? Like you have a certain friend, but in certain areas you don't. You can't, you can't introduce your fiancé to that person. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, you know, but you and the person, you are cool. But you don't want the person to be. In this sense, someone pick a call and want somebody that don't talk to. Don't talk to my wife. This is not girlfriend. No. That's the level to which the person is not, is not sure. It's not sure that the married wife can become unmarried. My God. Because there are certain people, they are sharp. Don't joke. <laughs> Don't joke. <laughs> they are born again, they are Christians, but they are too sharp. They are too sharp. You can marry for 20, if they meet your wife, you, you will get home, your wife is not there. But they are born again, spirit filled and all of that. <laughs> Say, don't joke. You don't expose that relationship to certain things. There are certain movies, when you finish watching, you see that the Holy Spirit is gone. You can really finish watching a movie. And then it's Lambano, you say, Kappa, 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 Kappa. Hey, Kappa. Meanwhile, your tongues used to be fluent and Spanish in nature. Spanish in nature. What is happening to you? Kappa, kappa, kappa. <laughs> you did not hide the relationship. You see, you exposed it to a certain... The things going on in that movie is too much. It's too much. The Holy Spirit became sad. The Holy Spirit became shy. The Holy Spirit just said, Brother, I have to go. I, I have to go. He hid it. There are things we have stayed away from. Listen, when I became born again and I found Christ, there are friends I cut off. Oh my God. They came to my home in Gulf City. They cannot pam, 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 pam. I won't open. No, I'm hiding. I'm hiding it. You will lose friends when you're hiding this thing. You will cut down on certain movies. Some of you will stay on Facebook, watch every video. Watch every video there. If Mark Zuckerberg doesn't stop the thing, you won't stop. You are not hiding the experience. You found church. You found meetings. That's what you should preserve. Your life should be defined by these things. Imagine if these meetings were not there. How would your Christian experience be like? Oh my God. Do you think that I was feeling like coming here today? Do you think I was feeling like it? It's not feeling, oh, 
I'm trying to hide. In hiding something, you take it to the most secure place. This experience I have with Jesus, when I bring it to the, when I see all of you and we are fellowshipping, oh my God, it is strengthened. I go home revived and restored. A day I don't pray, I know it. I don't know about you. I know it. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not okay. You come here, you lead worship, you do this, that, that. You see that, wow, you, you are preserving it. There are certain places if you invite me, I won't go. Because I will expose the relationship. There are certain things. When you, you scroll down, you see, no, when you see the move, this thing, if you watch it, you are exposing the relationship and God to something. It will affect you. There are certain people, when they talk to you, when they talk to you, the relation, you can't pray again. You see, you have to be sensitive. There are people when you listen to, you see that you have an appetite to want to serve God. When you come close to some people, the environment, it just triggers you. But there are certain people, when they come close to you, you begin to question church. You begin to question the things of God. Your faith in giving dwindles. You see, you found something, but you are treating it casual. You don't know the art of hiding God. Hiding. Hiding. That's why you've lost God. The things you used to do, you are no more doing it. He hid it. Praise the Lord. Finally, the Bible says, and then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. Number four, to retain God and not lose him, you need to sacrifice. You see, Jesus Christ and his kingdom is given to you for free, but there's a price you pay. There's a price you pay. There's a sacrifice. There is what? A sacrifice. If you want to retain that beautiful relationship you have with God and increase in it, you need to pay a price. Everybody that has journeyed with God, fellowship with God, increased with God, has learned the ways of sacrifice. Jesus fasted for 40 days. That's sacrifice. John the Baptist was in the wilderness. Bible says he, he used to eat honey and wild locust. And he wore animal skin as his clothing. A voice crying out in the wilderness. Remember, John the Baptist came from a priestly descent home. And he, he moved away from there to deny himself comfort. Just to lay a hold on God. Without sacrifice, you cannot retain God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Bible says that Solomon sacrificed unto God a thousand burnt offering. I'm teaching you the technology of hosting God, holding on to God. Sacrifice. It is, it's a strong thing in the kingdom of God. And he didn't pray that God, I want to see you. He took 1,000 bulls. Who taught Solomon that dimension? He bought 1,000 cattle. Everybody is giving an offering to God in high places. Solomon thought about offering and thought about 1,000 cattle. Dragged all of them, slaughtered all of them one by one, slaughter, put it on the altar, slaughter. Have you slaughtered one cattle before? The Bible says when he finished, he went to sleep. 
And in the sleep, God came to visit him. No, a man of sacrifice cannot lose God. Sacrifice. Some of you need to sacrifice a certain lifestyle. You need to sacrifice. You need to lose something to lay a hold on God. Sacrifice some friends. You want a relationship with God? You want God to have an encounter with you? Sacrifice certain lifestyles. Sacrifice certain movies. Sacrifice certain attitudes. Sacrifice. Sacrifice for God. In that, you begin to have encounters with God. The righteous life moves forward. It doesn't go backwards. There's no demotion in righteousness. There's only promotion. When we look at your life, Bible says that you are like the morning sun, Proverbs 4, 18, shining ever brighter. You shine. If you're a shepherd, you shine in shepherding. 10 souls to 20 souls, 30 souls, 40 souls. That, that's the life of a righteous person. If you were giving $1,000 last year, you give, you give $20,000 next year. That's, that's the righteous life. We shine. Last year, we had only a few branches. This year, not everybody is shining. When you look at the stars, there are some that shine bright more than others. Do you know that the sun is also a star? Yes. Unique. It's, shine, it's shining in glory. That's how you should seek to be. My last year will never be better than my next year. It's not possible. If I was renting last year, I must build a house next year. In the things of God, you must only shine brighter and brighter. Brighter and brighter. Your PUT. Next year you should be a pastor. Brighter and brighter. You're a pastor. Next year, next you should you should always go high. You see, we should not beg you to increase. It's automatic. You must increase. Anytime a Christian is decreasing in the things of God, there's a problem. Somewhere they are losing God, they are losing God. Praise the Lord Jesus. The more you grow, the better you become. The better you become, the easier it is to obey divine instructions. You become more accurate. Bible says, Until you become like a child, you cannot. He said that this to such belong the kingdom of God. You see, the more you grow, the more you become like a child. You give like a child. That's how you, you shine more and more. That's the truth. You must increase in your spiritual life. You must not decrease. You must take God personal. I'm telling you, your yesterday should never be better than your today. It's not good. Yesterday you were on fire. Today you have become ice block. <laughs> No. Proverbs 4.18. Shine brighter. See how shine brighter. See how shine brighter. See how shine brighter. Don't lose God. It is unwise for a man to find God as big as he is and lose him. Lose your mobile phone, but don't lose God. When people look at your life, may you not increase in everything and decrease in your spirituality. That's a loss. You have everything, but you don't have God. You know you don't have God. You know you don't pray like you used to pray. You know you don't fast like you used to fast. 
You know your, your, your passion for the things of God is not like before. That's where the problem is. Now we say, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? We increase from the perspective of the soul. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper, even as thy soul prospers. Have you measured the prosperity of your soul? That's how we determine whether we have God or not. You press in. I've never had a better yesterday. No, no, no. This year, I have prayed more than any other year. My God. It's easy because it's already in my heart. I will never go back. I'm always going forward. I'm not saying that I will not agree. So there are days that I measure myself and I realize that I'm becoming a little bit comfortable. I deny myself comfort. Those are the days that I sleep in the office. I must always go up. In giving, I must always go up. Oh my God. Brighter and brighter. I've planted more churches this year. Next year, it will be massive. No, we don't go back in our Christian experience. I will not lose this God I have found. Oh my God. I found him in my youth. I'll retain him in my old age. It was Maurice Cerillo at the age of 80. He said, take me to the crusade. Give me the mic. I don't want to stay home. I want to be the one preaching. He died preaching the gospel. Billy Graham died preaching the gospel. And Nick Hagen died preaching the gospel. So much on fire. Always increasing. Always going ahead. This God I have found, I will not lose him all. Samson found God and lost him. And now began to call on God. It was too late. I will not lose God. He is my treasure. Let the whole world go. I will retain God. Is Jesus forever? Is Jesus forever? No, no, no. Is Jesus. Is Jesus or nothing else? I will increase in my love for Jesus. I will increase in my fellowship with the brethren. I will increase in my giving. I'm looking forward to the day that I'll write that one million dollar check. Oh, I, it's, it's an anticipation. It's an anticipation. Brighter and brighter. Brighter and brighter. Glory, hallelujah. Brighter and brighter. My testimony will not be about yesterday's glory. Oh, when we're young, we, we used to we used to pray. Oh, these days we are busy. Never in my life. Busy for God? No. No, sir. No, sir. Never be busy. He's my treasure. Have you seen a man that is so busy that he kept his money in a safe? He kept his gold in a safe. And the whole year has not gone to check whether it is there. Bible said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. He didn't say where your where your heart is, so. It's a where your treasure is. If God is your treasure, your heart will follow God. That they are meeting about God and nothing pricks your heart. I need to be there. No, no, no. I cannot miss the meeting. Now, when we finished Lambano, I realized that some people are praying. One time I was praying. I was praying there. I was praying. I was tired. I was about to sleep. Then I heard somebody praying in the school. Taking the prayer. I said, who is that? 
I'm coming to sleep and he's praying like that. No, I will not let somebody cheat me. I will not, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh my God, it's so beautiful. I began to pray. Say, I will not lose God. 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 I will shine brighter. I will shine brighter. I will shine brighter. Grace to shine brighter. Grace not to lose God. You know, Judas lost God. Demas lost God. Demas. Bible said Demas started well. Demas was going on missionary trips with Apostle Paul. Can you imagine? He was a disciple of Apostle Paul. So passionate and on fire for God. Then the Bible said, Apostle Paul began to write. He said, Demas has left me. Because the world is in his heart. He has left me for the world. There are people like that. They start well and they leave the place of God. If I become president of a nation and I don't have a place in God, in the house of God, I am a waste. I, I don't have a position. Demas started well. But he didn't end well. Samson started well. He didn't end well. Judas started well. But he began to retrogress. At a point, Judas who was always in Gethsemane praying. Kapa, kapa, kapa. Judas, one day they went for prayer meeting. Judas is not there. Judas is with Roman soldiers when a prayer meeting is going on. Oh, Judas. He has lost God. And when it happens like that, he opens up to become the accuser. The Roman soldier, they sowed a seed in his heart. He began to see Jesus as his enemy. Pray. Tell God, grace not to lose God. I will not 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 lose my relationship with God. I will shine brighter in my walk with God. I will increase. 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 